Hello, and welcome to Morning Prayer at St. Paul's Lutheran Church in Edison, New Jersey. Today is Friday, and this is the 39th day of our 40-day journey through the season of Lent. This is Good Friday. We began this season by hearing the truth about our sin and the limits of our own power. We also hear the clear promise of God's steadfast and abiding love for us, the amazing grace of God that has saved us through the death and resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. We begin our time of prayer in silence. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Satisfy us in the morning with your steadfast love, O God, that we may rejoice and be glad all our days. Praise to the, praise to the blessed and holy Trinity, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, who gives us life and salvation and resurrection. The Son of Righteousness will arise with healing in his wings. O come, let us worship and praise. Come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us shout for joy to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before God's presence with thanksgiving and raise a loud shout to the Lord with psalms. For you, Lord, are a great God and a great ruler above all gods. Come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us shout for joy to the rock of our salvation. In your hand are the caverns of the earth. The heights of the hills are also yours. The sea is yours, for you made it, and your hands have molded the dry land. Come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us shout for joy to the rock of our salvation. Come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord, our Maker. For the Lord is our God, and we are the people of God's pasture and the sheep of God's hand. Come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us shout for joy to the rock of our salvation. Return to the Lord your God, for he is gracious and merciful, slow to anger, and abounding in steadfast love. A reading from Matthew chapter 27. We read verses 1 through 44 this morning. When morning came, all the chief priests and the elders of the people conferred together against Jesus in order to bring about his death. They bound him, led him away, and handed him over to Pilate the governor. When Judas... His betrayer saw that Jesus was condemned. He repented and brought back the thirty pieces of silver to the chief priest and the elders. He said, I have sinned by betraying innocent blood. And they said, What is that to us? See to it yourself. Throwing down the pieces of silver in the temple, he departed, and he went, and he hanged himself. But the chief priest, taking the pieces of silver, said, It is not lawful to put them the money into the treasury, since they are blood money. After conferring together, they used them to buy the potter's field as a place to bury foreigners. For this reason, that field has been called the field of blood to this day. Then was fulfilled what had been spoken through the prophet Jeremiah, and they took the thirty pieces of silver, the price of one on whom a price had been set, on whom some of the people of Israel had set a price, and they gave them for the potter's field, as the Lord commanded me. Now Jesus stood before the governor, and the governor asked him, Are you the king of the Jews? Jesus said, You say so. But when he was accused by the chief priests and the elders, he did not answer. Then Pilate said to him, Do you not hear how many accusations they make against you? But he gave no answer, not even to a single charge, so that the governor was greatly amazed. Now at the festival the governor was accustomed to release a prisoner for the crowd, anyone whom they wanted. At that time, there was a notorious prisoner called Jesus Barabbas. But after they had gathered, Pilate said to them, 
Whom do you want me to release for you, Jesus Barabbas, or Jesus, who is called the Messiah? For he realized that it was out of jealousy that they had handed him over. While he was sitting on the judgment seat, his wife sent word to him, Have nothing to do with the innocent man, for today I have suffered a great deal because of a dream about him. Now the chief priests and the elders persuaded the crowd to ask for Barabbas and to have Jesus killed. The governor again said to them, Which of the two do you want me to release to you? And they said, Barabbas. Pilate said to them, Then what should I do with Jesus, who is called the Messiah? All of them said, Let him be crucified. Then he asked, Why? What evil has he done? But they shouted all the more, Let him be crucified. So when Pilate saw that he could do nothing, but rather that a riot was beginning, he took some water and washed his hands before the crowd, saying, I am innocent of this man's blood. See to it yourselves. But then the people, as a whole, answered, His blood be on us and on our children. And he released Barabbas for them. And after flogging Jesus, he handed him over to be crucified. Then the soldiers of the governor took Jesus into the governor's headquarters, and they gathered the whole cohort around him. They stripped him and put a scarlet robe on him, and after twisting some thorns into a crown, they put it on his head. They put a reed in his hand and knelt before him and mocked him, saying, Hail, King of the Jews! They spat on him and took the reed and struck him on the head. After mocking him, they stripped him of his robe and put it in their own clothes on him, his own clothes on him. Then they led him away to be crucified. As they went out, they came upon a man from Cyrene named Simon. They compelled this man to carry the cross. When they came to a place called Golgotha, which means place of a skull, they offered him wine to drink mixed with gall. But when he tasted it, he would not drink it. And when they had crucified him, they divided his clothes among themselves by casting lots. They sat down there and kept watch over him. Over his head they put a charge against him, which read, This is Jesus, the King of the Jews. Then two rebels were crucified with him, one on his right and one on his left. Those who passed by derided him, shaking their heads and saying, You who would destroy the temple and build it in three days, save yourself. If you are the Son of God, come down from the cross. In the same way, the chief priests also, along with the scribes and elders, were mocking him, saying, He saved others. He cannot save himself. He is the King of Israel. Let him come down from the cross now, and we will believe in him. He trusts in God. Let God deliver him now, if he wants to. For he said, I am God's son. And the rebels who were crucified with him also taunted him in the same way. Martin Luther said that the only difference between Peter and Judas is the quality of their confessor, that is, the person who heard their confession of sin. When Jesus sees how Jesus, when Judas sees how Jesus is condemned and handed over for death by the Romans, he repents of his betrayal. And he tries to return the money to the chief priests and the elders, saying that he has sinned. The chief priests, however, turn away from him with a cold, indifferent suffering to his sin. They leave Jesus alone in his guilt. His sin turns to despair, and he kills himself. In the end, it turns out that the chief priests and the elders are much more concerned about the cleanliness of the money that had been offered to Judas, the blood money that was now returned to them, than they were with the soul of Judas, who had come to them, confessing his sin. Jesus however, comes to Peter after Jesus has been raised from the dead, and Jesus forgives him for his denial. They are reconciled, and Peter is restored to the fellowship, 
he is saved, as we all are, by God's grace. Had Judas only held out for a couple more days, we can be sure that Jesus would have found him, forgiven him, restored him. There are none beyond the reach of God's grace, not even Judas. Had he had a better confessor, who knows what might have happened. Just as we are quick to condemn Judas instead of pitying him, we are also quick to let Pilate somehow off the hook, as if by washing his hands and declaring himself innocent, he is somehow not guilty of what he has done to Jesus. His declaration of innocence in the strange wisdom of God, however, turns out to be the ultimate rejection of Christ. It is the kind of cold imperial indifference that allows him to order Jesus' cruel execution and somehow thinks that he is still innocent or right in doing so. It is the height of pride and the rejection of the humility and forgiveness that Christ has come to bring into the world. By declaring the innocence, Pilate, and the umpire that he represents, condemns himself. And by taking responsibility for the blood of Christ, the people of Jerusalem actually confess their sin and open the door to hear the good news of God's forgiveness, the good news of God's grace and peace in Christ Jesus, that the disciple who denied Jesus, Simon Peter, will soon proclaim to the whole city on the day of Pentecost. For Judas and Pilate, two who try to escape or deny their sin and rebellion against God and God's anointed, they find themselves on their own apart from the good news of Christ that comes to bring forgiveness, life, and salvation to all. While those who sin, those who flee, those who deny, those who condemn, those who mock and reject receive God's forgiveness, life, and salvation. It is, as the Apostle John says, those who say they have no sin deceive themselves, and the truth is not in them, but God who is faithful and just will forgive us all of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. As we move now into Good Friday, we are invited to see our sin for what it is and to receive Christ's forgiveness as God's free gift for us. It is our sin that crucifies Christ, and it is our sin that is taken away through Jesus' death for the wonders and the riches of God's love for us that has saved us through the death and resurrection of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. In the tender compassion of our God, the dawn from on high shall break upon us. Blessed are you, Lord, the God of Israel. You have come to your people and set them free. You have raised up for us a mighty Savior born of the house of your servant David. In the tender compassion of our God, the dawn from on high shall break upon us. Through your holy prophets you promised of old to save us from our enemies, from the hands of all who hate us, to show mercy to our forebears, and to remember your holy covenant. This was the oath you swore to our father Abraham, to set us free from the hands of our enemies, free to worship you without fear, holy and righteous before you all the days of our life. In the tender compassion of our God, the dawn from on high shall break upon us. And you, child, shall be called the prophet of the Most High. For you will go before the Lord to prepare the way, to give God's people knowledge of salvation by the forgiveness of their sins. In the tender compassion of our God, the dawn from on high shall break upon us, to shine on those who dwell in darkness in the shadow of death and to guide our feet into the way of peace. In the tender compassion of our God, the dawn from on high shall break upon us. The Lord be with you. Let us pray.
Mighty God of mercy, we thank you for the resurrection dawn, bringing the glory of our risen Lord who makes every day new. Especially we thank you for the sustaining goodness of your creation, for the new creation in Christ and all gifts of healing and forgiveness, for the gifts of relationship with others, for the communion of faith in your church. For what else are we thankful? Merciful God of might, renew this weary world. Heal the hurts of all of your children and bring about your peace for all in Christ Jesus, the living Lord. Especially we pray for those who govern the nations of the world, for the people in countries ravaged by strife or warfare, for all who work for peace and international harmony, for all who strive to save the earth from carelessness and destruction, and for the Church of Jesus Christ in every land. For who else, for what else do we ask? We give thanks to you, Heavenly Father, through Jesus Christ, your dear Son, that you have protected us through this night from all harm and danger. We ask that you would also protect us today from sin and all evil, so that our life and our actions may please you. Into your hands we commend ourselves, our bodies, our souls, and all that is ours. Let your holy angels be with us, so that the wicked foe may have no power over us. Amen. Lord, remember us in your kingdom and teach us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. The Lord be with you. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right to give our thanks and praise. Ever-living God, author of creation, we give you thanks for your gift of water that brings life and refreshes the earth. We bless and praise you, for by water and the word we are cleansed from sin and receive everlasting life. Join us again this day to the saving death of Christ. Renew in us the living fountain of your grace and raise us with Christ Jesus to live in newness of life. For you are merciful, and you love your whole creation, and with all of your creatures we give you glory, through your Son, Jesus Christ, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, now and forever. Amen. Almighty God, who gives you new birth by water and the Holy Spirit, forgives you all of your sins, strengthens you in all goodness, and by the power of the Holy Spirit, keeps you in eternal life. Bless you, in the name of Jesus, our Lord. Amen. <clears throat> 